What up, everyone? Welcome again to another episode of Nerds and the City, a Central Florida podcast talking about nerd cultures, movies, games, comics, and movie reviews. As always, this is your host, Tony, with Nikki. Hello. Saludos. Hello. Hello. How you doing, my, my bro? I'm good. You good? You good? Always. How's it been? <laughs> anything Anything exciting lately? I don't know. Everything seems good. Everything seems good. You know what's been unexciting for me? What's been unexciting for you? Uh, Jupiter's Legacy. Come on, man. I'm not done yet. I, I'm not even done yet either. You t- it, it took it's me... It's got interesting parts. I don't... All right. So, mm. it took... I'm going to let you know right now. It took me... I want to say four tries. Five tries. Oh, come on. It's no, not... no, 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 no. To mm. get through the first episode. It's not that bad. I don't know what it is. It was like... I was watching. I was getting interested. And all of a sudden, I was like... I had to like rewind because you know how like you go you start watching a show mm. and you're like it just bores you to death that you forget what parts you are you're you're listening or you're watching to mm. to see if there's crucial moments that's gonna carry on to the next episodes. I was like, all right. So then I had to rewind it to go back to where I missed and rewatch, and it happened like instantly. I'm like, oh my god, this movie's boring the fuck out of me. Ah, uh, dude, it's not that bad though. No, but but let me. T- I'm listening. Yeah. And that's what it is. The first episode was like, I couldn't get through it. The second was a little bit better. I think I'm on episode four or five now. And I got to say, I'm like, I I was expecting so far, so far, I was expecting a lot more from this show. But so far, I'm like, it's meh to me right now. It could end, it could end strong and then tie everything up together. I will say like this. This is my only thing. I actually find the whole thing interesting. I, I, I mean, I like the characters. I like um, the story structure. I'm a little iffy on the main kind of like, I feel like they keep on pushing this one narrative. And I'm just like, I don't know if that's a, a narrative. I don't know. It just feels weird. Yeah. I just I just feel like it's not really. It would have been more interesting if it was other things. But I feel like the main narrative they keep on pushing is this. I don't know how I feel about that. But the other thing was the show hangs on specific people. Yeah. I enjoy everyone like I, I i actually like the father although the back and forth between the father you know like the the history thing yeah um it's literally two different people that basically yeah. it kind of like feels like two different people as far it's very like core values and how they're pushing it kind of thing i feel yeah. like it's two different. but either way continuing um but i do like him i do like he's a very intense character I, I think he's good the wife is good i mean i feel like she doesn't have a lot to play which maybe it changes with episodes but if she had more, I think she would, she would handle it well. Um, the daughter, I like the kind of the angst that she has. I, I believe it. Um, the 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 dude with the mohawk later on, whatever. Like I don't think I'm even there. Okay, so him, I like him a lot. The only person that, and I think the problem is it ha- the show hangs on this person a lot, and I think the reason it kind of falls boring or maybe short is the son. The son, I don't find interesting at all. I don't really care. Like, everybody else, I'm interested to see how they deal with whatever they're dealing with, what they do. Him, I just don't care. And I think that's the problem is that a lot of the show, because, again, the narrative feels like it falls into two different categories. Like, you, two different camps, right? Yeah. You know, the the main character, the father, kind of beholds one, and the son kind of represents the other. And I think that's where it gets boring because the son is just not engaging. No, no, he's not at all. But you know what's funny is that when you were talking about when they were doing the flashbacks and everything, mm-hmm. I find the flashbacks more interesting than current times. But I, that's another thing where I think the show could have improved. I like the flashbacks. You're right. I like the flashbacks. The 19, the 1920s. I'm like, well, I'm like, I got more interested in those parts. Mm-hmm. I was like, I want to learn more about like their 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 origin and how they. But they, that's that's where I think the show. I think if the show was more linear, where it would be. How it started late from the 1920s and then transitioned to the new the new era. Yeah, I would like that better. I would like that better because they're they're both kind of engaging. And you're right. Maybe at some parts the the 19 the, the old school version is so much more engaged, a little bit more engaging. But that's the problem is that they're both engaging. Like when you're going through yeah. back history like that, you kind of want to just use it to spit out information, but not necessarily take away from the story. No, and yeah. that's what it feels like. It feels like it takes away from it like takes away. T- yeah, it takes way too much away from the story. And like how you were saying about like Josh Samel's character is like the two different people, and then they're it's when they're jumping forward, 
Like the, what yeah, the whole do, show feels like you're waiting for the connection. Yeah, what they're doing is a forced narrative. When they jump after after every jump, every mm-hmm. time jump, when they go back to the future, they'll say something that happened in the past, or not even like like this person's a villain now, and you're like, mm-hmm. wait, like three seconds ago he's like the good guy, like yeah. so they're forcing narratives so you won't get lost into. What happened? The, the time gap is like something happened in between, so they have to fill that gap with some type of forced narrative, for so for people to be like, "Oh, that's what happened." And I don't like that sometimes because if you do it too many times, I'm like, "All right, you're not letting me s- like use my uh, creativity or my imagination of what could have happened." You're literally just telling I me think, that it is. I think the problem, like for example, like uh, the Arrow used to do that a lot, where they did a lot of time jumps back. Yeah, but it was very quick, and not very quick, but like even though the backstory was interesting. It wasn't as engaging, so you just it just kind of fed information based on what's going on in the current time, which is fine. Yeah. So it wasn't, you know, eight. We're just, you know, we're just here to spit on information, go back to the now time, to the story. Um, just to the, give you some backstory. Exactly. But the 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 backstory on this one, like you're right, is such an interesting narrative, and interesting story that it it kind of feels like you're watching two different shows. Yeah. And the other problem too is, like you said, it would drop. Information like drop narratives, um, to make you question what happened, but again, then you're left with this. And then I've seen shows like this and movies like this, and they're interesting. Where literally, what you're waiting for is the past and the present to meet so that it makes sense. Mm-hmm. But the problem with that is if it if the reveal is not interesting, yeah, then you kind of feel like you wasted the whole time. Yeah, I felt like if the show maybe played a little bit more in a linear fashion where it's like. They show him, you know, in the 1920s and then transition to now. I probably would have found that way more, like, interesting, engaging. But maybe they just felt like if they didn't throw the superhero stuff right away. You know, actually, the whole first season of them just getting their powers would have been cool. Yeah. And then the second season is them in the future. And the, the storyline of yeah. what happened. That would have been dope. Because then at the end, you're like, they create their union. What are the guardians? The, the union. Some the, of the, union the guardians of the union. The yeah, union yeah, guardians like or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And it ends there, mm-hmm. and then you next season, you start. What is it? 80, 80 years into the future to that like current times twenty twenty one or whatever. Which that's another part that I find. I mean, not to spoil or whatever, but they all seem like they waited to like, because mind you, they're all from nineteen twenties, and at this point, they all they all look great. Obviously, they look fucking amazing. Sorry, look amazing. Yeah, for being whatever, like a hundred something, maybe ninety years old, whatever they look like a hundred years old. Because at the time they got the power, they were at least twenty, thirty. Yeah, so let's say twenty, but they like like a hundred years older, whatever, and they obviously look just like they did back in the day, but obviously with gray hair. That's it. So obviously their abilities maintain their youth yeah. to a certain degree, right? Slow down the aging process, something like that, or at least maintain their body structure, whatever. Mm-hmm. But why did they like all their kids are like in their twenties? So they waited like 80 years or something like that to have kids. Yeah. Like, I found that so bizarre. I'm like, wouldn't they have like a crap load of kids or like, like all their kids like are in their 20s. So it's like weird. It's almost like, I mean, maybe that's part of the show. I don't know. I got to watch, finish watching. But I feel like I just found that so bizarre. I questioned that too. I was like, they waited so long to have kids. So yeah, it's, 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 I don't know. I know people are kind of hating on it, but I, I'm still, I still... I'm, I'm still I'm still gonna finish it. That's that's I'll I'll by next by the next episode, mm-hmm. uh, I am gonna finish. And talking about the next episode, yes. Uh, I know we just went into this one topic that we wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. We do have some news. Yes, we do. What do we have? All right. So last episode, or we haven't announced it, but two weeks ago we decided that we are name changing and changing oh, yep. up the schedule. So let's start with the schedule. So now we'll be releasing two episodes a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Tuesdays are going to be mostly how we normally do it on our first segment, movie yeah. topics, trending topics. Pop, and, pop, pop news, yeah. Yeah, pop news and trending topics and uh, probably come up with a discussion to talk about, go back, rant back and forth mm-hmm. uh, regarding and anything within nerd culture. And then Thursdays would be our Nikki review, our movie review corner. Where now, we'll discuss. We're gonna change that up a little bit because right now we kind of do it at a, a not necessarily brief, but we de- we definitely don't get into yeah spoilers and details. So and this, I, these are all gonna be spoiler for. We're gonna be very deep diving into yeah. our thoughts in the movie, 
how we would normally discuss it off off uh off episode because we try to do we try to keep it as spoiler free as we can but we decided awesome. you know what we're gonna keep it spoiler full and with that we came up with a new name you I want you want it. you want to drop it no no yeah, all right drop it so the new name wait uh, wait, wait hold on wait 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 get your energy because this, this is gonna be the energy you, you yes, introduce yes, us yes. from now on so all right all right uh, you ready you ready so our new name is gonna be called from my mom's garage. <laughs> it's it's uh, we we had we had back and forth discussions and uh, we felt that even though we're nerds in the city, there was a lot of things due to the pandemic that caused a lot of events to close down and not many topics to talk about what's what's going on in the city. And even though things are slowly opening up, I do not see any events major coming in or many events opening up in a long time. And we were like, you know what? We should change it up and keep it more global, more more universal conversations because we'll still mention anything that comes up or any events we throw around yeah, here. But we were like, if we're not discussing about the city, we shouldn't be called Nerds and the City. So that's what we came up with. From my mom's garage. <laughs> <laughs> I think you need to work on it. Like- yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll have to work on it. Mm. But yeah. So that's our, our news for announcements. Uh, we are going to start working on our TikTok and, and trying to get more into Twitter, but that's on a later date. But right now, let's enjoy the show. Boom, boom, boom. Continue, sir. Uh, all right. So what do you think about the Forever Purge trailer? Okay, I know so, we discussed it a little bit. Well, I mentioned, yeah. So here's my thing about... I actually... Okay. How about this? So... <laughs> Here's the thing with uh, Purge. I will say when I saw the trailer, I actually liked it. And the thing is, I liked a lot. I always liked the 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 the, the concept, the the ideas they tried to kind of go into when it comes yeah. to the, as far as the main story arc um, of Purges. Like when it come, when it showed the first Purge, I thought that was an interesting idea. Yeah. When it showed uh, kind of like the Purge in different area than what it than the suburbs stuff like that. And then this one is basically the day after, which. That literally has been my thought process since day since the first movie ever came out. Like, yeah. how is how does the next day? How does it work? How people just kind of picking up bodies and cleaning up, like, or people people try to like still commit purges, trying to think that they can get away with this type of thing. So I thought about that. This is a great idea, but the only thing I have an issue with, which the trailer makes very clear, it seems like the first purge was great because it was a very simple thing. You know, what happens, uh, what do normal, good, whatever type of people do when there was no rules? You know, that kind of like good versus evil and, and, and you know, duality of human, you know, that's it, right? Kind of a simple idea, you know, like we all have an evil side and what happens when we let that evil side out? That's yeah. basically the first idea of the first movie, which I loved. But ever since the first movie, I felt like every single movie has been trying to push a kind of a different <clears throat> narrative and that's where i have an issue because like the second one became um if i'm not mistaken the second one was like uh all, literally or like almost like gentrification where like instead of it just being you know good versus evil or like you know just letting people do bad to get get that, those the anger out, out yeah it became like oh no there's a secret plot to to get rid of all the people in the urban cities to, to take over yeah right? and then um the uh, the first purge um, I mean, the, this, the, the third one was kind of similar with the political thing, whatever. Yeah. Um, and that be, literally became almost like religion because they basically turned... Like a cult. Yeah, because they turned the purge into an occult. Like, yeah. literally, the people that followed the purge was more of an occult. So, you got gentrification, then you got religion, and then you have on the 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 the, the, the first purge, that became... Uh, literally, it just seemed like it became somewhat still political, but it became more like... Um, you know, racist versus uh, uh, minor, uh, you know, colored minorities, minorities in, in, in urban neighborhoods, like taking you know, stuff like that. I'm like, Again, okay, take white elitist. And whatever. Yeah, like they just that was basically what it ended up becoming. And then this one, it seems like again, you know, what seems like uh, you know, racist people going after uh, undocumented people because that's literally what it just started to become. Like I'm, I'm looking at the trailer. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. This is a cool yeah, idea. And then I started seeing people come like. This these kind of like weird stereotypical views of un- undocumented mm, people. And yeah. I'm like, okay. And then I saw that the races and then the people like talking speak English and stuff like that. I'm like, 
Okay, so this is literally just has nothing to do with purge. This is about another thing. That's what I'm saying. Is like that's why hate is like. Listen, I love the idea of the movie. Those those ideas are great, but those but, belong in other movies. Yeah, just leave it to you know the duality of people. Like why good? How good people do bad things, or yeah. kind of things like that. That was interesting. That's cool. I want to see that, but it just feels what, like every movie is trying to push a different narrative. Now. Yeah, what I loved about the the this franchise when it first came out is like. And uh, and I was like, this is a great idea because you don't need the same cast every time. No. You only need great writing and just a decent cast of people that work together well. And you could continue this movie in different areas. Like, I would have loved it because it, this movie is set in the U.S. I would have loved it if they do another one in the U.K. when is their first. They were, like, trying to adapt mm. adopt that, that, that concept of a purge. And you have people protesting. And you slowly start seeing that they start fighting and killing each other and whatever. Like those are these are ideas. I'm like, you know, what's really so funny though is like, so this whole idea of the purge of wild because I'm like, it as much as we seriously just have this idea that people are just gonna go around killing each other, I seriously just all I picture is people going into like, like TikTokers and influencers going into places that are legally not allowed to be there to do stuff. Yeah, just to say they did it. Like people just trying to either steal. Like basically, it's just gonna be a huge. Like that plus a huge riot. Trying to be trendsetters and just like trendsetters or people just be like, oh, I'm gonna get free stuff. Like, yeah, you know. And that's another thing too. That would be funny. Like, I would love to see the next day where it's like, because uh, uh, um, College Humor kind of touched on that. College Humor on YouTube, yeah, kind of touched on that. Where it's like the day after the person, like, so what happens if like you steal the car? Like you stole the car. It was legal for you to steal the car, but does that mean the next day is you steal your car? <laughs> you have to give. You, you have, have to get to insurance it. on it or something like that. Like they return it back. Yeah. So- <laughs> Hey, so, hey, guy. Uh, sorry about this. I just had to had to do this. As, so it's like it was legal night. for you to steal it because it was a purge, but it's illegal for you to keep it. Like yeah, the the stuff after. like that would be so like that 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 arbitrary weird uh, red tape stuff would be yeah. so funny. Which this movie could have touched on, but we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what was the other trailer that came out? There was another trailer mm. that we discussed. I remember. I remember somebody saying it. Oh, I did see one for a movie called um, Awake. Awake? What was that? What happened? Oh, seen that. that's an interesting movie. Only because the idea is very interesting. Let's see the execution. So basically, something happens where. Um, okay, so the girl from the American version of. I think it's the girl from the American version of um, Jane the Virgin. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she also did a TV show and a bunch of other things. People love. Like, she's. She's really cool. I can't remember her name, but she's really cool. Anyways, so she's like a mom. And then all of a sudden, you know, the night before this, something happens where all the satellites start falling from the sky and then all the electronics stop working. But basically what actually happened was something has affected everybody on the planet to be incapable of sleeping. Oh, shit. So no one on the planet can can sleep. So basically it starts going through the stages of what happens when you don't sleep. Yeah, you get like, sleep deprived. Yeah, when you become super sleep deprived, you become like all these different things. Like, you can become, you know, erratic. You can become kind of delusional. You can like start having hallucinations. So that's basically. So imagine every kind of riot or zombie type movie, mm-hmm. but nobody actually is affected that way. The only thing they deprived them of was sleep. sleep. I'm gonna check that out. Yeah, it's on Netflix. To, to it's gonna it. be a movie on Netflix. Okay. It's gonna be a movie on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be a Netflix movie. So now I remember what the other trailer was. What was it? Venom. Oh yeah, Two. that's right. It did come out. That's how. That's how. Um, that's how forgettable that trailer was. It wasn't that it was forgettable. It was just annoying because it basically for me it felt like I was watching a a gooey, gross version of Doc Ock. Yeah. That's that's who was. There was a we also discussed it on on a group chat was uh Janice from Stay Nerdy. Mm-hmm. We were just, we were talking about the trailer and she she pointed out something that I thought of instantly was uh, the the intro to this trailer it was Venom making breakfast and singing and I'm like it felt really it felt like a little shop of horrors like feed me Seymour. I'm like I thought he was going to break out in like a full like musical number. At least that, the, that actually was more terrifying than this. Little Shop of Horror is more terrifying than this. Yeah. That musical was more terrifying than Venom. And that's the thing is like, you, you should be, man, if Venom was like, like something out of like, like just something out of a like hardcore horror movie, that would be 
awesome. Like, remember, uh, I think it's called Phantasms with uh, Ben Affleck. Yeah, it was literally about black goo. Yeah, like that's that something like that. Like, <laughs> would be cool. Um, I don't know. I just I didn't. That's what I care for, because I didn't and, like what and, they're making Venom into. Yeah, it's, it, they're making him very gimmicky and very like having more of a comedic side when he's not really like that in the comics. Well, I just I felt like it would have been more interesting if he was more like. Until he actually comes out, like he doesn't come out to everybody, but when he comes out, like, you know, basically he is it's almost like uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Yeah. He doesn't come out until he, until he needs to. Yeah. But like if he had that kind of relationship with, um, with Eddie Brock, that yeah. would, was Eddie, I think yeah. this is right. Yeah. That would be a more interesting dynamic for this type of movie where it's like, he just talks to him all the time, but nobody else can see him. But he's his evil side, trying to convince him to do just bad things. Yeah, and you know, back and forth, like that duality, that, that fight, whatever, would be cool. Yeah, and then I'm struggle. Sudden, <laughs> yeah, and then he would try to hold him back, but then when he, you know, he cannot fight for himself, he Venom comes, comes out. Yeah, I just, yeah. But the way they make him look now is just like, and, and usually, and for me, is like being that people are anticip have been anticipating this movie for so long. And you drop the ball in the first 10 seconds because people, so many people I've read, they're like, like how they started off was so bad that it didn't make anything else enjoyable afterwards. Like if, even if you would have recut and cut out the 10 seconds and put it at the end, let's say, then it would have been like, okay, they have a comedic side. But if you open it up with that, people are like, he doesn't really do none of that in the comics and you're portraying him completely different than what yeah, he it's a very kind of like different yeah yeah so i was making I, the breakfast thing i was like i don't know like honestly i'm hoping i'm praying that although uh tom hardy and you know version of venom is not good or like it's just not how i would like to, or, or would have liked to have seen it yeah i'm hoping woody harrelson saves it like his portrayal of Venom, I mean, not Venom, of Carnage. Um, Carnage would be something epic. Like, the way he does it or the way um, he interacts like that, like, stuff like that, that would be... Because the, uh, the issue that I had with the first movie was the villain. The biggest issue I had, I mean... Havoc? The, the movie, yeah. The biggest vi- issue I had the whole movie was pretty much the villain because the guy he chose to be, you know, villain with, whatever. Yeah. I just... He was a weak character. I mean, you got this guy who's playing super confident, super cocky, whatever. But then you show this very small kind of like weak looking character. It just didn't feel like the dynamic was right. Like if that was the version of like somebody who is like been beat up and just kind of bullied and then lashes out that yeah. kind of villain. Cool. But that's not the way it showed it. They showed this guy who who does not look intimidating physically or in his portrayal acting like somebody who does. So when he got havoc i didn't really connect with it but woody harrison as a complete psychopath yeah i can buy that you can buy that oh yeah yeah i i, I definitely can buy Woody that Harrison very rarely ever disappoints yeah so uh the other thing i wanted to talk to you about was um paramount plus so mm. paramount plus i think it was last week announced that they will be releasing starting january of 2022 mm. or yeah all of 2022 They'll be releasing a new movie every week. Every I don't okay. know what day they said it, but I know Infinite by Mark Wahlberg and A Quiet Place 2 will be set to release on that platform. Um, just a, just real quick side note, just something yeah. that I just I noticed and has really been kind of weird for me. What is have you noticed now when you see a trailer? Um it now it has to distinguish itself between um, in theaters only. That's what I noticed. Yeah. Like it, before it was never like kind of specified, you know, whatever. But now it's like they have to put in big, bold letters. Either it's going to be you only know, in theaters. Only in streaming, but not in theaters only. It's like it's almost like they have to throw it out there, throw it in your face because otherwise people are just going to be looking for it online. Yeah, definitely. People expect it. But yeah, so mm-hmm. this, I think this is, is going to be their final push to mm-hmm. try to get to try to get more uh, members to their platform because because yeah, because they started with CBS Acts all access mm-hmm. which i i didn't even i i knew when it came out but i didn't even download it as a free app like mm-hmm. not as a free account just as 
get the commercials or whatever you want. I didn't even do that. Mm. And then they then last year they went from CBS All Access to premium uh, uh, Paramount Plus, yeah. which opened up all their libraries. And now they're like, we still not don't have enough people coming onto this platform because Netflix is dominating, Disney Plus is dominating, Hulu is dominating, Peacock is dominating because now it has the Office and Office and uh, Parks and Recs on it, and you know I mean, and they have some movies there, but these are they have things that people are rewatching even after they're ten years old. So Paramount has to be like, we need to give them something new. And but they you notice, about it, but you, okay, but if you think about it with Peacock, they're they're not well. I feel like once you like, if I wanted to watch Parks and Recs and I don't feel like paying ten bucks a month, I could just download the entire season, or like buy it on Amazon or something. Yeah. But um, no, but I'm sorry, you were I just I'm like, damn it, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But so you were saying these people are desperate to get um, more members to get on their platform. The question is, what move like to release a movie like that? What movies are they releasing? Like. It's it, so here's here's my thought process on it. So the only two options that they would normally have, because I don't know their what their budget is, mm. they're either gonna do they're ha- gonna have to go because they say they're coming out with original content, original movies. So meaning these are movies that have never been released, so they're coming out. So they're either gonna do two things: they're either gonna use their their budget and start creating like like Netflix does original movies or. Netflix originals or Paramount Plus originals at that point, as with with um, other directors, writers, and creating new movies, or like we all know that a lot of movie production studios have a lot of old movies that have been shelved for the past like 20, 30 years that never been released. So they could literally come up with movies that were were ready to set to go last year or the year prior but either due to marketing constraints due to maybe like how we also talked about twin movies so they might have a similar movie that were coming out that was too similar to that one at the same time but maybe they had a, be- a bigger actor better budget they were like we'll rather shelve it because to put it out there we're just gonna lose money so it's easier to hold it than to market it and lose money out of it it's just so funny because th- you think about it like you said that far along whatever but Imagine they did release something like that where they released a movie with an actor who either at the time they were like a kid and now those kids are like 40 years old. Yeah. Or like, um, let's say, for example, like showing, let's say, uh, um, a Hemsworth, you know, in, a, in like a pre Thor Hemsworth. Yeah. Like, well, actually, uh, that happened with uh, uh, Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. Yeah. But like, but like super pre like. Yeah, like some Australian like soap opera type thing. Just yeah, but I don't think I. I think that if they do that, they're they would constrain themselves to anything that they're holding for the past. I want to say five years, okay. anything within the fi- last five years, because if they're if the actors are relevant, relevant, mm-hmm. or unfortunately saying it, if they're still alive, they would want to put it up because they'll be weird to be like this new movie coming out for somebody that just passed away. They're like. You've been holding on that movie for how long? Is oh it? my gosh! Can you imagine if they had like a, a Robin Williams movie? Yeah, like I mean, there's there's no room. The only the last movie he actually physically well, last movie he made was the one with uh, Simon Pegg, um, where he was just the voiceover of the dog. Yeah, but yeah, can you imagine if there was a movie that maybe that he made before that, and then nobody yeah. ever and they just rather just be like, you oh, know, it's original content. Oh, uh, I imagine so many people would be mad though. Yeah, so so that's that's the, my options that I think they would go with. It's either they're going to release, have the budget to do it, to do original content, and or start releasing older content, which I think all, if you have the platform and the capacity to do that, you could do like how Netflix does. The, you know how Netflix, I mean not Netflix, HBO. Mm-hmm. HBO has like, when they do like Leprechaun, they have like the Leprechaun le- le- uh, collection. They'll do like collection. They could be like Lost Vault or Closed Vault collection, which they could release 10 movies that month of all these movies that they have shelved due to whatever constraints that they have. You know, honestly, that trilogy thing is awesome. Like my favorite thing, because sometimes I'll see that. I'll see like whatever, like you said, Leprechaun. Or actually the other day I saw um, one of my favorite uh little horror movies when I was growing up. Critters. Critters, yes. Oh, yes? Oh, I got it right. And I literally, yes. like, you know, that's 
But it's not like my absolute favorite no, 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 Harker, no. but it's one of my like one of my, one Go- of my favorite Harker. It's it's a great guilty or, pleasure because it's, it's an it, awesome it's an awesome like movie and I've always loved them. And it's cool to not just watch one, but to watch one, two, three, four, five, like or uh I remember when I got, first got HBO Max, um my niece uh like she, I don't know, my, I love the fact that my 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 fifteen year old niece is like huge into like old horror movies because I love old horror movies because I'm like thinking you know she's fifteen she probably likes something new but no she likes old stuff so she wanted to watch uh, Freddy Krueger yeah um the original like Nightmare like, Nightmare on Elm Street yeah and I was like ecstatic and I mean we didn't get to watch them all but I was like at least now when I watched it I would we could watch two three four you know we like have the full collection yeah you can literally go through all of them. And I love that because, I mean, that's my biggest pet peeve with stuff like that is like sometimes I'll see they might have this movie, like part two, let's say part two of The Mummy. But then I'm like, man, I want to watch the first one. It's not available. Yeah, that's that's the only and that's the only thing that HBO plus uh, HBO Max does. That if they do have a movie that mm. has is a sequel or a series, they'll have the whole series together. They had like the Chucky one all together. They had Lords of the Ring, The Hobbit. So but that's one thing I love about it. Well, right now I'm at this point where even though I'm on Hulu a lot, um, that's gonna I feel like that's becoming the cutoff a little bit. Like I'm going through all these and I mean it gets expensive if you got like every single network, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like um every single streaming network. So but honestly I'm like I'm I cannot get rid of Netflix. I feel like I yeah. can't. <laughs> I can't like I'm never I mean even play this. I think I'm on HBO, uh, sorry, Disney Plus, the least, but that is the one I can never even look at. Why? Because I share that with my nieces and my sister and them, and my nieces alone. I, I watch one? those uh, H, uh, Disney Plus. Disney, yeah, but and you then, can't because the whole Marvel. No, no, Star of course. Wars? I mean, when again, when the TV shows come out and all those things, I have to watch them. Yeah. So I can't get rid of that, and then HBO Max now. I mean, uh, H, uh, yeah, HBO Max. I can't. I'm on there all the time too, um, and obviously Prime I can't because that's I use the delivery service I use everything else, yeah. but also they do have their good they also have their good new content um, that we watch other the boys all these different things uh, the new one we just literally stopped stop watching uh, finished watching um, in, um, Invincible. Invincible yeah um, but yeah Hulu doesn't feel like I don't feel like I get anything from Hulu. Yeah, Hulu is like my last resort. Like sometimes, every so often, I might find the like something. There's a few TV shows that I follow, but they're they're already seasons out, and I don't even know if they got picked up. So that's my thing. But Hulu is my last resort. Usually, it starts. Mm. It usually starts with uh, Netflix, Prime, Disney Plus, and then Hulu, Peacock, and then Hulu. Because I know Peacock, Peacock has the office. So I know I'm gonna just jump if if at all resorts, I'll go to the office. And you know what's funny it. is like, um, because you have the office, and I think that's how Hulu has me because I love um How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, which I think is actually still available on like Prime and all these yeah. uh, some other channels, but also um Family Guy. Oh, okay. Family Guy, and American Dad, they're both on that on Hulu on Hulu. So, yeah. but even then, I'm like. I feel like that's not enough to hold me. I can literally just buy the seasons. So last topic. Mm. So I don't know if you know the actress Regina King. I remind. Oh yeah, sounds familiar. Uh, remind me of she. She well, she just recently yes. directed a uh, a movie called One Night in Miami. Okay. Which is so just touching base on it, which is I've heard great reviews and is on my like top to watch list right now. Okay. So this one, the movie is about. Um, it's a, like a one night in Miami, so it has is like Cassius Clay, Sam Cooke, yes, Jim yes, Brown. Yes, yes. Uh, I saw the trailer. Malcolm for that. X, and they they all talk about discuss about the responsibility of being a black successful man during the civil rights movement, and like how but this they, is all before they all they became. Yeah, well, they never. This never happened. It's it's just a mm. it's, it's a it's a fictional tale mm. of this. But she is set to di- to direct um, Bitter Root. Uh, Bitter Root. What the hell is Bitter so Bitter Root? It's a comic book. So check this out. So Bitter Root, it's about, it's set in the 1920s. Mm-hmm. And it's in the Harlem Renaissance. Mm-hmm. And this is about, a, uh, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's a black family of monster hunters. Mm-hmm. And then they're, 
they're um there's a bunch of monsters coming in trying to kill so their thing is they're trying to kill the monsters but there's also disputes within the family struggle and the dynamics mm-hmm. so there that's a movie that she set to film okay it, 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 the the comic gave me i was reading about the comics and because i wanted to learn more about it because i'm like oh regina king is directing again and if she's so successful i'm like what else and this is a comic book based so i'm like i want to learn about the comic book and it, it when i was reading it it gave me a little bit of uh hope hope and like lovecraft country type five a little bit ish well you know what's funny is like the way i mean lovecraft country feels very dark and grounded when it first started but at the very end with the way they ended man i felt like I feel like I was watching a superhero comic. A yeah. Bit. And I love that. Like, kind of like a really, what was it? It kind of reminded me of a, a comic book that I've heard before where um, there's a little, there's a little African-American girl with a, I want to say she has a dragon or not dragon, a, a dinosaur or something like that. I feel like I'm, and I'm like blank, but I know there's a comic book like that and kind of like the way this ended felt something similar to something like that. Okay. I think I know that I've, I've something seen moon the co- I've, is it moon something. I, I've seen the cover. I've seen the cover, but I don't remember the name. But, but that's what I'm saying. The, the way this ended, the way that the show ended, kind of. We felt we, like that. we need to consult with our comic historian, <laughs> uh, Jay from Soapbox Chain, <laughs> Digital Soapbox, to, to get it. Because but he, that's what I said. Like so, but I, I, I think we could throw him like two clues and be like, "Is this one on this issue?" I would like to see that. Though. I'm I'm very interested. I you know what it is? Um, obviously one of my one of my favorite shows is uh, Supernatural. So to see a old school family of of hunters, like probably trying to trying to blend into normal society and stuff like that, but then also at the background have this whole thing, where maybe let's say I don't know you said I'm not sure what year you said 1920s. Ooh, imagine they 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 kind of have like this back like back business of like moonshining or something like yeah. something like the prohibition. It just prohibition be age. So oh, man, that's and then you get your your villains and stuff. Like, I could see it. I could see all that. But going back to the other one too, that also seems interesting to me. The the one night in Miami, only because I love movie. I I can appreciate a good movie where literally just a bunch of people talk in one room, like uh twelve, twelve angry, angry men. men. <laughs> yes, I, when I was a kid, I watched that. I think I was in school when I watched it. But I always love that, like where just people just talking, like something. It's just something engaging when they're just having good conversation. That's why I've always been a fan of like uh, Tarantino or um. Kevin Smith, they, yeah. they were very much about dialogue. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but I can't wait. If she's going to be writing good dialogue for that one, I can't imagine what she's going to have for that to, one. To direct that one, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. We're going to take a quick break and come back with Nikki's Corner Review. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Nikki's Corner Review. What movie we got today? Oh, you actually was doing okay. <clears throat> uh, we got uh, today. We got a movie with, uh, called Stardom. Not Stardom, sorry, Mainstream. <laughs> it felt like Stardom. Anyways, no, it's called Mainstream. So it has Andrew Garfield, uh, Maya Hawk, um, uh, Nate Wolf, and you know, a couple of, and surprising the cameos. Uh, you have uh, Johnny Knoxville, but uh, the one person who I felt like. I feel like I don't know. Kind of surprised me that was in the movie was Jason uh, Schwartzman. Yeah, and I'm guessing the only reason he was in there because it was an indie movie. I don't know. Like, I feel like he was. <laughs> that's the only reason he shows up. He's like, oh, is it an indie movie? Yeah, I go. Like, yeah. I love him to death, but it just seems like that's like that's when you know he's gonna show up. Um, so uh, let me, you know, honestly, I kept on thinking about this movie because I felt like there was just so many little narratives going on at any given time in the movie and I, that that just was weird um but i think i think i finally narrowed down nailed down the proper way to describe this movie go for it do you remember a movie with eddie murphy called holy man no with eddie murphy and jeff goldblum no, no I, so i've seen i've heard of the movie but i've never seen it that that this movie is like that movie but completely different like okay. it's literally the the complete and this antithesis. It's like the complete opposite of that okay. movie in the sense because okay, how would you describe it? Then? Okay, so because if if you ever watched Holy Man, I'm um, you say you haven't, but Holy Man is about um, Jeff Goldblum 
who I believe at, at, in the movie, he is like a producer. He produces like TV shows, stuff like that. And he meets some random guy on the street who's like a vagrant, whatever. And he thought at the time, uh, Eddie Murphy was a very spiritual person, but he would say very influential things and very, you know, inspiring things. So he thought he can put him on TV, which actually, no, he, it was more like a sh- home shopping type of thing. But anyway, mm-hmm. it still worked. So it became super popular and all these different things. And, um, you know, it basically, it was just a lot of discovery with that movie. This one was like the complete opposite because and not the complete opposite as far as the story structure, yeah. but as far as the person and the outcome, yeah. um, only because in this movie, again, the main character finds a basically <clears throat> like this guy on the street, like a vagrant, but um, felt that he can, you know, turn it into something popular, like something like go which, ahead, make it go viral. Yeah. But and that's something, too, is like it felt like I've seen this storyline in so many other movies you know, rock biopics, all these different things where somebody is a nothing and you turn them into something and then they kind of turn their back on you type thing. Um, but it felt like this was just trying to be updated by using YouTube yeah, or YouTube or, mm-hmm. or influencers, things like that. Um, but again, yeah, this is like literally the complete antithesis of a holy man, a sense of instead of finding a good man to exploit, they found a bad man to kind of exploit, but at the same time ends up becoming... Because at the end of the movie, and not to really get into spoilers, it just felt like he went from being kind of an influencer to a preacher. Like, I felt like I saw a lot of very, like, uh, um, those uh, kind of, those those kind of, like, uh, um, uh, they, they see them in the movies. Uh, I forget what you call those. Like, evangelicals? Um, uh, evangelical. Like they're not evangelical. I don't want to. No, that's not necessarily religion. But those uh, those preachers that you see those on mega TV. church preachers. Yeah, like those, you know, uh you know, give give money. So like yeah. he he came, the vibe got very much into it like that. Like he became somebody who seemed like he was preaching, um, these weird narratives and like getting a cult following because of it. But so it didn't become that he was funny or interesting. It just became like he would say stuff and people would listen. Um, I don't know. I just I didn't feel like it followed a good good enough story to really tell a story because <clears throat> it just got from it jumped from one thing to another. And I felt like there's such a such a waste of some actors because um. I believe the there was a character who was like the quiet guy who, you know, secretly kind of like the girl or whatever, um, played by uh, played by Nate Wolf. Yeah. Which, dude, I've seen him in movies and he's killed it. Yeah, they they, that, they he's killed in so many movies. Well, they they underutilize that character to 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 tell more of a story from the on the secondary act uh, on the secondary protagonist in the movie. Which is a girl, because Andrew Garfield is the kind of it, it. He went from, well, no, he's the secondary protagonist of it. If I'm not mistaken, because they're following his his kind of story through the girl's perspective. Yeah, but Andrew Garfield did great in this movie. Like I hated him mm-hmm. in some parts. Well, okay, here's, it, a, it, here's the thing I have about Andrew Garfield's character because when I first started watching the movie, because I I don't know why why I do that because I've seen so many movies. Every time I watch a movie, I start thinking about other movies that follow the same narrative, right? Yeah. So at the beginning of the movie, um, I believe they were following the narrative of this old movie with uh, um, uh, with uh, um, what was the guy from the Mummy? Um, Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser. It was an old movie. With Brendan Fraser called The Scout, where you know. Oh yeah, I was just thinking about that movie. Yeah, that's why. That's the narrative I thought at the beginning of the movie or towards the middle. Because basically they find this guy, he's super talented at what he does, but he has mental issues or he believes he has like these weird mental issues. And that's this guy is literally just trying to get him to do his thing without having to deal with those things. Um, and yeah. I thought that that was going to be I thought that was the narrative. It was going to be something where um, Andrew Garfield's character is funny and interesting, but he is still kind of like dealing with a lot of. Yeah, he has mental problems. And that those mental problems was going to come out somehow and affect the, like, that was going to be the the turning point of the story. But yeah. that ended up becoming his kind of mannerisms when it comes to him being crazy were very mild. Like it's almost like, yeah, his personality was very out there and he would do things every so often, but he really wasn't cra- like, that's what I'm saying. Is like, I thought that was going to be the issue, but you it thought, wasn't. You, th- I, you know what I thought? I thought he was going to do like a, have a full breakdown. That's what I'm saying, it. but I thought that's what it is. That they got this guy who technically is crazy yeah. to do this because he's interesting, 
but then he actually goes full crazy. You, you understand that? You know what it, I felt like it was for a little bit. Mm. I I um I had the idea when I first started when I when I saw, watched the movie, and I think I did the same thing. Was like, let me think of. I started thinking of like, where is this movie taking me? Because I sometimes I try to try to visualize the end to see if it matches yeah, what I'm I saw. Trying to figure out what the what the director, what the actor, what they're trying the to the direction of me. the movie. And I was thinking of um, the Joker. Okay. Like, like he he he's he's funny or trying to be he's trying to be inspiring or whatever they put him in the front of the camera. But I was thinking like, oh, maybe in the deep down he's actually dealing with a lot of personal issues. Yeah. And to the point like that he has a full psychotic break. Yeah, like how the Joker did. I thought he was going to come to that point. Yeah. But it it felt like he's more of a he he knows he's crazy. And he controls it to to a point that he doesn't break, but enough mm-hmm. to to get other people to that breaking point. I think what it was like the way it felt is like he he needs people to give him attention, uh, but then he's never he's always gotten their attention, but he's never held it. And I think once this girl got to him and and he started getting attention, he started to also hold it. Yeah, and I I don't know like there's there's those reveals in the movie that felt like they had no weight to it that bothered me. Um, oh yeah, definitely no. Like there was it's some it. things that come on, you're like, oh, okay, but what, it, it what does that change? What happens? I don't know. Like, it really doesn't change the narrative. He's still the same person. Everything's still the same situation. Um, again, I just I don't know. I feel like this is some a couple of different old movies. Like, if you're gonna go with one big movie to say that, like I said, Holy Man was the closest thing I could think of. But even yeah. in Holy Man, um, Eddie Murphy actually turned out to be a wise person, even though people kind of thought he was crazy. Yeah. In this case, it's the other way around, where it's like this guy was just was just no, but nuts. That, but if based on what you told me about Holy Man, it does follow that story structure in the sense of of like uh, somebody in need of producing something found somebody in the slums or anywhere that they felt that they're going to get the attention that, that, that they want to attract more people to watch their stuff. And then they escalate, they become successful and then it has to have an outcome because of it. Same structure. It's almost like other, I'm thinking of another movie. I that, just felt like the, I felt like the, okay. So the main <clears throat> person, cause in those kind of movies, the main person always has a kind of a decisive moment, right? Like, they, you see them struggle with certain things and then, you know, something goes too far, but then they have kind of make a decisive moment, right? Where it's like they choose to one do another. Yeah. I didn't really feel the weight of that in this movie where it's like the girl, I didn't know what decision she, like what, what she was weighing on. um, And did she really make a choice? I just felt like something really bad happened and she just kind of walked away versus, you know, like, oh, well, I can't do this, you know. Like oh I you can't know, go, I, it, I can't sell my soul like this type thing but that's what I'm saying I just felt like I don't the know, movie yeah I felt like she didn't she, I felt I like know. the movie was trying to tell me something but I didn't get the message that's yeah. the best way I could think about it I kept on looking to try to figure out what it was trying to tell me and I really could not grasp it and I know obviously it had a lot to do with social media influencers um but and and trust me I know that's a new market I know that's a niche thing where like people want to explore that story so much because. That's the big thing right now. I just feel like nobody's really captured it. Nobody's done it good. It just feels like they're... Every time somebody has attempted to touch on it, it just feels like they're going... They're just doing it for kind of like um, credit, you know, like for niche purposes. But I don't feel like anybody's truly captured that kind of lifestyle, that kind of mentality or... Of what, or, social media? Yeah. You know but, who has? Black Mirror. In the episode season one? was the episode that that they could rate you oh that was cool but i mean like i mean as far as becoming i truly becoming a social influencer like like that because like i mean i don't i've seen people play this the only time i've ever seen it used where i'm like okay cool was uh there was uh the tv show with uh marlon wayans not marlon yeah marlon wayans where it was on i think it was on netflix it's only like two seasons, but it was funny, and it was about him and his family, how him he got divorced with his wife, but his job at the in the show was that he was an influencer, and even though that wasn't like a huge part of like that wasn't like the whole show was about that, I felt like for him it felt like a real job. It felt like like how somebody who does that as a profession would deal with like mm-hmm. everything, right? 
But that was the only time I've ever, I, I feel like that's one of the few times I've seen where that kind of, somebody who has that personality has to, what they have to do, what they have to deal with, what they have to, have to do to become what they became. Yeah. And I felt like this movie was trying to be that, but it wasn't. Like, it just felt like, it just, it just felt, it just, it just felt short. It felt like it a little bit, yeah. It just, it, it, it had the, and I've said this so many times, it had the potential to be in a good movie. Yeah. You had the people, like I said, you, you, have, you had you had you had the cast. The concept was good. The concept of the idea. Well, of, that's the thing about the concept. I I like the I like the idea of it. I I just think the writing yeah. should have been a little bit stronger. Okay, so when you say idea, because I mean, again, like the initial idea feels like a, like I said, a bi- like a rock biopic. Okay, so you if, take somebody if, from nothing to something, and then they kind of turn your back. So on you. so then I would have I would have preferred mm-hmm. a better. Um, uh, a better pro- progression on the main uh, on Andrew Garfield's character mm-hmm. and his and his and his um, breaking point. Also, the main actress's point. I want to see what her internal struggles because she didn't really ha- like she had she was having internal struggles of the transition of what's what was happening throughout the movie, how things were changing outside of her control. But she it wasn't it wasn't. It's like you had to put yourself more not put yourself in those shoes. It wasn't very in your face for me to understand because she was so blatantly like blah about it. You don't know if she's gonna go either way or she's like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna take a day break. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take a break for you from this for a moment well, and I'll come back. Also, going back to the, like the big thing I mentioned earlier was they put a lot of plot points in the movie, like little things that that they set you up like it's gonna be a thing later. But it never really comes up. Like, um, you know, I mean, not to spoil it, I'm so, so I apologize. So, like, there was, like, things about her dad they kind of talked about. Things about uh, Andrew Garfield's family, which they kind of told you what happens. But they don't really, like, that doesn't become something he has to confront. Yeah, he never confronted. Exactly. So, it's like, I felt like they threw all these little plot points early in the movie. And you threw they're going to come back. But they really don't. Yes. Yes. All right, guys. So let's get into those Nickies. I give it a two. Damn it! I give it a two too. Dos, dos. I just like. I don't know if I would. I, I like. I always want to like. I would try to give a movie a chance. Yeah. And I get the, the the actors in the movie are great. Like the um, it's Jason. I think it's Jason Schwartz. Um, I like. I love all of them. However, I just don't feel like there was anything for them in this movie. Yeah. It was like I didn't. I mean, I'm not even gonna say that they did bad acting or great acting. It's just. There really wasn't anything to for them to hold on to in this movie for me. Yeah. But like that, guys, thank you so much for tuning to the latest episodes and last named episode of Nerds in the City. You could find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Hopefully, I'm going to change those names in the next coming few days to From My Mom's Garage <laughs> and email to, but as always, and this will be the last time we're saying it, tell a nerd, send a nerd, bring a nerd. All right, everyone. See you next week. Yeah.